You made it! You're finally here! Welcome to Half Cocktails, a place where we have a great time celebrating science, the social contract, and just plain old congeniality. Dare I say a place where we seek a path to peace, prosperity, and exploration amongst the stars. What I'm talking about is an all-inclusive society, meaning if you're not on board with the social contract, we're not obligated to even consider your opinion because the social contract is that important to a civil society. I'm your friend and host, Dan the Worshipping Dionysus Man, sipping on some science today with a gratefully gregarious drink. Stay tuned to the end of the show. We've got three simple life hacks that will have your priest jaw-dropping stunned. Joining me today, <laughs> joining me today is Ron. How are you doing today, Ron? I am doing fantastic, and I can't wait to make those priests' jaws drop. Ooh, that doesn't sound so good, does it? <laughs> oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I bet I know why. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That that uh, that kind of got away from us, huh? <laughs> That's what the church said. <laughs> Come on into the lounge today. We got a really fun and informative show brought to you by the Dharma Initiative. When you're lost, get found with Dharma. (laughs) We're going to have some fact checking later. Going to take a quick look at uh, the God of Darkness asteroid. Going to talk about some book bannings. Going to, of course, uh, have uh, have some snake oil news. Uh, We're we're, we're also going to take a look back to December 27th, 1831. When a little ship called the HMS Beagle left England. Not significant at all. Hundreds of ships leaving England every day back in the 1800s. Oh, and also cruise. probably today. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a simple five, a five-year cruise. <laughs> uh, and of course, we encourage you to reach out to us at hatcocktails at gmail.com. Or maybe you want to text us a message at 443-499-8253. Or maybe even call us and leave a voicemail. I don't give a shit. Uh, but be careful, we'll probably talk about said, inter- said interactions right here on the show in this segment. But for now, Ron, let's uh, let's hop in that time machine. Let's do that. Nothing would be better than a look at days of yester in a time machine. All right. So, Ron, I assume you know something about the HMS Beagle? I think I've heard of it. I mean, um, something special, some sort of expedition, right? A, a little, little, tiny, barely noticed expedition. Uh, HMS is Her Majesty's ship or His Majesty's ship, the Beagle. Very famous because Charles Darwin was on board this ship. And it was the infamous five-year world circumnavigating journey in- impressive yeah very impressive even today that's that's no small feat like you it's no joke yeah if you were to take a cruise around the world it's no small thing it originally was supposed to be just for two years but uh you know i guess they they just kept it going you know, i honestly don't know what what all of the delays were about uh but at some point they just uh they just kept it going uh darwin charles darwin as we know the, the famous uh, geologist, naturalist, biologist who wrote Origin of the Species. Uh, sorry, On the Origin of Species. Yes, better get that right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, he, uh, he's born into a religious family, but also an inquisitive religious family. Uh, apparently his grandfather had uh, he wrote a book. Yeah, I did not know his, uh, his father was a published author as well. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. His grandfather wrote a book called uh, Zoonomia, which actually kind of had some undeveloped ideas along the same lines that Darwin would th- th- thresh out like 60, 70 years later. So he was a bit of a naturalist as well, huh? Y- yes, yes. So despite being a religious family, they they had, definitely had a scientific bent for their day. Uh, his His dad was considered freethinker, which is uh, an epistemological viewpoint holding the belief should not be formed on the basis of authority, tradition, or revelation, or even dogma, but instead be reached by logic, reason, and empirical observation. That's what free thought is. That sounds pretty woke to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I definitely, definitely 
consider myself uh, of a free free thinker. Absolutely, the way to be and uphold those values. And I feel like the the, the values of this show reflect that for sure. Um, and it's not to say that authority, tradition, and dogma has no place, but you should be able to crack open the books and the data to fi- find those same conclusions, right? Because people could argue that now nowadays evolution is just dogmatic science. The difference being any of us can go to a natural history museum or read journals or even read his books, right? And, and have that personal logic, reasoned, empirical observation of the same things that led to their conclusions. So that's the main difference between science and religions when it comes to dogma. <clears throat> so this guy uh, was, his dad was like a doctor and they were very, they were wealthy, came from a wealthy family, upper, upper class British family with money. Uh, you know, definitely born in, in medical school. They sent him to the University of Edinburgh Medical School. Just really, really bored, neglected his studies, but but was no dummy because he, he would like learn things like taxidermy in 40 hours from a friend. <laughs> he was really, really loved science. Like uh, one friend got him into just uh, beetle collecting uh, and entomology. He, he had a friend with a butterfly collection and was like, yeah, check this out, entomology. And he was like, oh, shit. And so he just dives in, starts collecting his own beetles. So pretty much he's a, a naturalist version of a polymath. Well put, well put. He, he just loved all things biological, natural sciences, ge- geology. And anyway, let me, let me back up. Uh, he neglected all his medical studies, pissed off his dad, and his dad sent him uh, from the University of Edinburgh Medical School to Christ's College in Cambridge. That'll straighten him out. That'll straighten him out. <laughs> Get him an old, good old degree in theology. And that's when his uh, second cousin introduced him to etymology. Uh, he he became became friends with the botany professor there, a guy named John Stevens Henslow. Started talking to other leading Parson naturalists, the the priests that also worked with natural theologies. So he's really like spends his early life walking this line between I'm a scientist and a religious world. It, however, uh, it, it was it was that natural theologist Henslow that recommended him when this Beagle expedition was going to go off around the world. He was like, "Hey, Chuck, <laughs> Chuck Darwin, you should go. You should go on this voyage. You should be you should be the guy collecting uh, science stuff. You've got you've got uh, a zeal to contribute to science. Like, go on this voyage, and you can be their their geology biology guy. On this this expedition, they they were going to chart the coast of South America, right? And uh, his dad was against it, but his his uncle talked his dad into it. Apparently, he didn't get a job on the Beagle. He was like a gentleman scientist that paid his own way. <laughs> I'm auditing this expedition. <laughs> right, right. Here, here's my fee. Right, his he literally paid. Well, his dad did. Like, luckily, they were from a family of largesse. Uh, he paid to to be the scientist. <laughs> By the way, we've got a spot for a scientist on this show, and if you are willing to pay me money, <laughs> welcome aboard. Come on down. So, yeah, originally just two years planned. They set out voyage on December 27th, 1831. Lasted almost five years. So, though he started, like, while they were crossing the ocean, they they, they went they went to Cape Verde, Africa first, and then down to South America. He, he actually started, like, during calm periods, he started fucking around with plankton, making notes uh, about marine invertebrates. From, from the get-go, he was fascinated by the geology in Cape Verde, Africa, he found these volcanic volcanic rock cliffs that had seashells in them. Mm. And he was like, oh, that's interesting. I'll note that. He he was thinking, like, with his notes, he's like, maybe I'll write a book on geology someday. Uh, you got the, the Beagle goes all the way across the Atlantic. They get to, they finally get to Brazil, where they first set down. And he, he's, he, so they, they're going and they're, they're doing the, the coastline. And he'll go and, and go on land. And and collect specimens and check out the geology, uh, the tropical forests. Uh, he was really sad to see slavery, 
both his father and grandfather were abolitionists. Oh, fantastic. Head of their time. Really, really bugged him. Yeah, this is 1831, so a good 30 years before the Civil War, which was, uh, I'm, I, just, I just heard Nikki Haley on an interview. It's about states' rights, Ron, right? I heard that. Now, by 1830, had, the, had Great Britain um, uh, abolished slavery by that point themselves, or, or had that happened uh, later? I, I know they did abolish slavery before uh, us uh, rednecks here in the States did. 1834. Okay, so it had not yet been abolished in Great Britain. It had not yet happened. This this okay. is like three years before slavery is abolished in the British Empire. They were on the right side of uh, history before it was cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably their family didn't have slaves. There, there, there does seem to be a correlation. We can't afford slaves, so we're abolitionists. I, I don't know. They, they, they were quite wealthy, I'm sure. <laughs> they, they, they didn't. They, their wealth wasn't based on slavery, there you go. so that it was easy for them to be abolitionists. I'm not saying they're great or not for it. I'm just saying <laughs> we we have to be slow to to heap praise upon the wealthy abolitionists. Exactly. Like, let's get some context first. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, uh, I know it's very popular right now in some circles to talk about how like Washington freed his slaves when he died. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but he didn't free him while he was alive, though, did he? He could have said, like, I want to be buried with my slaves like a, you know, a pharaoh or something. So at least he didn't go that far. Okay, yeah, he gets partial credit for sure, for sure. <laughs> but it's very different freeing your slaves and freeing your slaves in your will. Exactly. Two very different things. Now that I'm done with using you as a possessive them. object, now, <laughs> now you can be free. Uh, and Anyway, back to Darwin. This guy just kept great notes and and he had a natural curiosity like he really did love collecting these different specimens and writing noting their differences and being like oh my good goodness this beetle's like this and this beetle's like that these rocks are like this these rocks are like that these rocks have sheet seashells in them and they're in a mountain above the fucking city like what the fuck how did this all come to pass how so they they keep their survey going uh, uh, he keeps, he finds lots of fossil bones, uh, big, huge extinct mammals, uh, right next to modern seashells, uh, which to him indicated a recent extinction with no signs of change in climate or catastrophe. He found bony plates, like a, like a giant armadillo, uh, found a jaw and tooth he identified from, uh, the gigantic megatherium, uh, from a different scientist description. He shipped a lot of the stuff back to England before he got there. So he was like shipping fossils and specimens to England the entire voyage. <laughs> now, talk about being a, uh, from a family of, of wealth. Like, it would cost me a great deal of money today to cruise around the world and like every port ship something back to my back home, right? Shipping was very expensive in that era. <laughs> like, could you imagine in like 1831 being in Brazil and being like, hey, uh, I got this box of bones. Yeah, I'm going to need you to get this to England. Or this big box of heavy rocks. Let's send that back. Yeah, yeah this big box of heavy <laughs> fossils. No problem. Yeah, so so they're they're going around uh, and he's making making notes and notes. And also, he's trying to pay attention to the social and political uh, insights of the natives and colonial people in South America uh, at, a, at the time. He, uh, he saw the further south they got, he saw some stepped plains that had uh, seashells as raised beaches at a series of elevations. So, like, he, all this stuff's, like, getting to him and he's writing it down. He, he's just, he's traveling the world and noticing things, right? Right. Uh, they apparently they they got some uh, uh, they, they got the three natives from the Isle of Tierra del Fuego in, in like towards the southern tip of South America, uh, and Darwin found them friendly and civilized. They'd been given a Christian education in England. They they were they were from I guess this was not the first time the HMS Beagle went around uh, the South America. So HMS Beagle had already been there before and, and seized these guys, took them back to England, gave them an education, and then they were returning to their homeland to spread Christianity. Like, how insidious is that? 
<laughs> right. Like, could 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 you imagine uh, like today going going over to India and kidnapping like three Hindu people? We will civilize you, <laughs> taking them home, being like, you will learn our religion and our language and our culture, and then we're going to send you home so you can spread it and you will like it. But it gave him Darwin <laughs> an insight. Hanging on this boat, talking to these guys, gave him that insight of like, you are exactly like us. You just raised in a different environment, right? Like, like it, 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 it showed him through through ev- again evidence uh, and his own experience. Like these guys weren't dumb; they weren't backward. There was nothing, nothing different in their makeup that he found. That that experience was, I, I consider it pretty important. And and he kept going with uh, gathering all his scientific data. High in the Andes, he saw more seashells, fossil trees that had grown on a sand beach. Uh, he started theorizing that as the land rose, oceanic islands sank and coral reefs around them grew to form atolls. The guy had some really solid observations and conclusions. Like, he just really was on it. They eventually made it very famously to the Galapagos Islands. Uh, he looked for evidence attaching wildlife to an older center of creation. He, he found mockingbirds that looked a lot that were really similar to the ones he found in Chile, but they were different. Every island they went to, they had slight variations. Uh, he found same slight similar variations in the shape of tortoise shells, depending on which island they, were, they went on. But he failed to collect them, even though they were eating them as food. <laughs> so it's like ah damn that one you, you forgot uh, eventually when when they made their way to australia he was like the marsupial rat kangaroo and platypus are so weird it's i think he, he thought that maybe there were two different gods that were creating life <laughs> the southern hemisphere god yeah right <laughs> which yeah are you, are you uh, e- eastern god or western god <laughs> uh, uh so which at this point the fact that he's like writing that in his journals at this point he's still very much a creationist right mm-hmm. like he's literally like man maybe there's two different gods these are so weirdly different he <laughs> in all this time he's been cataloging shipping stuff back writing letters he found out they totally circumnavigated the, the globe got to south africa and he found out uh, that people had been sharing his notes and shit in scientific circles already. <laughs> he was already gaining nor- notoriety before he even came home. It took him, like, they, they got home uh, five years later, finally get back to England. You know, he gets home, sees his family, starts talking to the science people. Like, like I said, it had already reached them. People were already, like, uh, talking about the meanings and, and, and what you can glean from from all the stuff he collected and all this data it but it it took him like twenty. let's see he got back in 1936 and on the origin of species was wasn't published until 1859 wow so 23 years it took him writing and lecturing and going over all this data to put it all together uh and it it was and it was like a slow development for him like very much like evolution when you're standing on the mountaintop it's like oh wow this is such a huge leap but it actually when you read through his story it wasn't a big leap for him like he did it like a free thinker would one little step at a time and he put all of that data together to come up with that that natural selection theory it's like wait whoa what a monumental undertaking all of it Mm truly truly and it had plenty of detractors but i will say interestingly enough right away there were theologists who accepted uh, this theory it just under that guise of like well yeah that's how god did it but like from day one he had religious supporters saying like oh yeah yeah what you found is exactly what that's just how god did it uh well, at the same time, having many, many, many people say what you're talking about uh, goes against God. Right. <laughs> and that's not how God did it, uh, which, you know, you, we still have today. Oh, all every sadly. day. Yeah. But yeah, it, it uh, and and he didn't really push it until uh, uh, another there was another scientist who who was was on the same same vibe. Uh, Alfred Russell Wallace wrote a paper on the law which has regulated the introduction of new species. And Darwin was like, oh, this is, this is similar. 
but he didn't see a threat, but his friends pushed him and pushed him. They're like, Hey, if you don't publish this stuff, this guy's going to beat you to it. And so, so he, he, he put out the book, just, just really an amazing and very, very consequential work that resonates through this day. And like any set of good science, all of our later discoveries only support and verify it. Absolutely. We haven't, nobody's come up with something that's like, wait a minute, this undoes all of natural selection. Here's an alternate theory that works in every case and back is backed up by the data. No, yep. not, not yet. You know, but you know, something could be out there. You never know. It, you, you never know. That's the beauty of science. Like, and science will figure it out one of these days if it is different. <laughs> Go ahead. Exactly. Refute it. And then we'll move forward with that. In his own day, he was forced to defend when, when they would say, all right, if this is how it worked, then how did it all start? And he's like, I guess at one point he even said, I don't know, maybe a warm pond, <laughs> which is pretty prescient. But he was like, I don't know. But you all seem to accept Newton's law of gravity, even though we don't know where that fucking comes from. Which I thought was a great, great <laughs> retort. <laughs> it's, it, it's a like, thing. <laughs> It's just, it's just how nature works. I, I don't know. I don't know how it all started. I'm just fucking describing what I'm seeing here. Truly, truly a hero of science. Charles Darwin set out on his fact finding mission. And it really, really, that's all, that's all, that's all he did was he went around and he gathered and he wrote notes and he observed for five years. And then, and then it took him 26 years of thinking about it to put it all together and have his big eureka, eureka moment is urethra moment <laughs> yeah. Yeah. urethra <laughs> all right good stuff charles darwin good oh, very good stuff uh, but for now we're gonna have to move on i think it's time for some news Ooh, let's do some news it's time for some news from our point of view We'd even be glad If we could have A laugh or two It's time for some news It's time for some news Alright Okay Some big space news Ron, have you oh. heard of Osiris Rex? I have, yeah yeah, NASA spacecraft. They sent out in 2016 to gather some data on a C-type asteroid called Bennu. Uh, after four billion miles, Osiris Rex came back, and we collected a bunch of great data, like just like Darwin, got some samples of the asteroid, uh, and it's still the spacecraft is still viable though. It still has a quarter of its fuel left, so NASA has decided to give it a round two, which I think in its, in, in and of itself is awesome. That's pretty astounding to get a second project um, out of uh, out of uh, one of these things. Yeah, yeah, right, right. It's the first reusable NASA thing I've ever heard. Yeah, of. they're sending it to the Apophis asteroid. Apophis named for the god of darkness. Wasn't he a villain in Stargate? <laughs> oh, was he? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Apophis was once an extremely powerful Gaul system lord, the brother of the supreme system lord Ra. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Go watch some Stargate. Yeah, it's pretty solid. <laughs> anyway, so Apophis is an asteroid that in 2029 is going to be so close to the earth it's going to be about the same distance as the moon is to the earth fantastic that's going to be interesting which is stupid stupid close it will actually be closer than some of our satellites some of our far far orbit satellites i just read something mind-blowing actually about the distance between the, the earth and the moon how small that that seems to us in the grand scheme of things but apparently you can fit every planet in the solar system, including the gas giants between Earth and the orbit of our moon. What? Yeah. Maybe you better fact check that. <laughs> wow. Okay, so the, so the moon orbit, the moon's orbit is 238,000 
900 miles. It's 238,000 miles, 384,000 kilometers. The distance of all the planets is 380,000 kilometers with a difference of 4,000. Close. So, yeah, you can. You are correct. Unless you subtract the radii of Earth and the moon, then uh, you're about 4,000 off the other way according to this article at slate.com. I see. It's a little I was a little mind blown. Yeah, a little mind blowing. Also, that that makes the closeness of this asteroid all the, the more meaningful. 32,000 kilometers or 20,000 miles away from the surface of the Earth. Like it's 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 coming. <laughs> if the moon is woo, 10 with the Yeah, this is close. Anyway, the way very very close. Moon's at 240,000 miles. This thing's coming 20,000 miles. Wow. That's a, that's a haircut. So we're sending Osiris Rex out, and it will arrive uh, uh, April 13th, 2029, operate near the asteroid for approximately a year and a half. It's going to map the surface, try and analyze the chemical makeup, and even attempt uh, uh, to to dip down and get within 16 feet of the surface hopefully blow up some stir up some rocks and dust and such and see what's underneath uh maybe maybe it'll be a plaque for the dharma initiative i don't know yeah what's uh what's what's wild to me is in order to get and line up with that asteroid it's going to like like the way the way the sun is traveling through space and we're orbiting around it like there's no straight line for the asteroid so it's going to take three passes around the sun before it lines up right with the asteroid and it's going to use our gravity like to to minimize fuel usage it's going to like whip around us and use our gravity to keep it keep it going <laughs> while it kind of waits for things to line up with with getting to the new asteroid fascinating that's that's incredible yeah, right right there's no you can't just like like i don't know maybe maybe star trek did it to me but i in my head i have this idea of like a spaceship just going like straight out of thing right like yeah straight line but these distances are so big and it takes so much time right. like like no 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 you have to it's, it's more about timing it's it's all math, man. It's all math. I mean, math got us to the moon with computers that, you know, barely better than digital watches as far as their capabilities. So it's all about that math. All about that math. Yeah, I was reading about analog computers. There's a company you can actually spend five, six hundred bucks and they'll send you like a, a DIY analog computer. And you, you like hook up the different modules and it's it's literally the technology they were using to get to the yeah. fucking moon. It's crazy. Okay, I guess, I guess this when I was a kid we had Legos. <laughs> Love to have had this. Anyway. Uh always, always fun see what happens with uh with that asteroid. Um it's I, I don't think it's gonna hit Earth. I guess in twenty fourteen there was there was fear. Uh very classic human fear elements when, when there's like an asteroid and potential apocalypse yet strangely uh not there with climate change yeah right right <laughs> <laughs> if it's an asteroid heading for us people are like oh that i understand that would make sense all right mo- moving on moving on um it's really sad to live in a time where things are are moving backwards uh, I can't remember the guy's name or the book, and I really wish I did because I wanted to put the link into it. Um, but recently, I was watching an interview with uh, a historian that was talking about how the traditional liberal conservative divide in history is best explained as uh, uh, the liberal bent wants to change things and the conservative bent wants to keep things the same it's the same or at least slow the change right right and we've we've hit a point in our society where the roles have flipped and the conservative elements in american culture are trying for the to push the most change changing us back to their idea of the way things should be or used to be right reversion and now liberal thinkers are the ones trying to defend not changing and both sides are very bad at it 
Yeah, as evidenced by daily news. <laughs> yes, yes, the pandemonium in a, in in our country today, because conservatives are bad at changing things and liberals are bad at keeping them the same. And I was like, it's a very simplistic way of viewing it, but I had never had it put so succinctly, and I really wanted to share that ahead of the story. And I wish I could remember that fucker's name. Uh, and if I do find it, I will update uh, and put in the the, the show notes. Uh, but the story is that a judge has blocked Iowa from enforcing a, uh, a book ban. And book bans are in the news lately. And it's really vexing because free freedom of information, like that, the freedom to, to, to have access to all that. I, I know... I know, like the books at school, you're still free to go buy it from a bookstore, right? Uh, but you know, a lot of poor kids, the books at school are the only books they have access to. Even even getting to the public library can be burdensome for 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 some kids and families, right? And since um, when have uh, people been limiting the access to knowledge? Been the good guys? Has that ever happened? Yeah, right. Oh, so at least for now, a judge has temporarily blocked. Iowa from enforcing a law that would ban library books that depict sex acts and would bar public school teachers from discussing gender identity or sexual orientation. The The judge blocked the law, uh, saying it's unlikely to satisfy the First Amendment under any standard of scrutiny. And apparently it's part of it is because it's so broad that. Uh, hold on, let me. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to read read the quote. Cool. The statute is therefore content it's content neutral but so wildly overbroad that every school district and elementary school teacher in the state has likely been violating it since the day this school year started. Teachers would be barred from identifying historical figures or literary characters by their gender or from referring to anyone by male or female pronouns, <laughs> as any such discussion would again amount to promotion or instruction that relates to the person's gender identity. Wow. So he's literally, he's saying, you guys wrote a law that is going to make it illegal for school teachers to use any pronouns right, or refer to any historical figure as being a man or a woman. That's a well thought out law. God damn it. First of all, I was a, I was a voracious reader as a kid and I can't remember any book in a school library talking, having, having explicit sex acts, except for the Bible. Correct. Except for the Bible. I remember that. Although by the time I got to high school, they did have, at least for a year or so, I do think it got removed at some point, was the Urban Dictionary. And that had some doozies in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the good swears in that one. All the good swears, sex acts, just, you know, euphemisms for every organ, body part. Yeah. A couple of limericks for good, me good measure. Yep. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand how book bands have come back and fucking child labor's come back and and it's it's not ringing it's not ringing alarm bells to to enough people we've learned nothing yeah yeah i mean if how many times were people like we can't have the bible in schools and and people lost their minds like oh shit we're whoa we're gonna get rid of bibles in schools and they're like oh yeah well it's a book i don't like yeah fucking get rid of it yeah hold on now uh, I, I, I was raised by a really, really right-wing religious mother, but I will give her credit. She was not big on trying on ignorance, uh, uh, for her kids. So if I had a question, like she might not be explicit, but she would do her best to give me a true answer. And I remember her arguing with my brother, Dave, he had, a, he had his daughter and his daughter was like seven or eight. She asked my mom what a prostitute was mm -hmm. and and my mom was like oh that's a woman who sells herself for money and my brother was livid <laughs> that he gave her an answer his daughter an answer like you have no right to tell her what a prostitute is that's uh, and i of course side with my mother it's like wait you're gonna keep your daughter ignorant what you wanted her to learn it from from her fucking friends or what what you you want the honor of telling her who what a prostitute is <laughs> right i'm going to show her <laughs> this is a prostitute i brought home for the evening we're gonna go down to the red light district for dinner honey she's going to call me daddy but she is not your sister <laughs> yeah like because because i guarantee you as as a mormon kid i would go to school and ask my friends what things were if i didn't get a good enough answer right and 
what other kids say it is is always way worse. Way. <laughs> <laughs> way, way worse. And and on top of all this, like banning books from school, are kids even going to school anymore? I thought all that shit was was uh, <laughs> fucking homeschool on camera now. Right. That's the other scary thing. Uh, when we were in high school, I remember my first one of my first jobs. One of the girls working there was homeschooled, and like the, that job at the ice cream shop was one of her first exposures out into the world without her parents around. Yeah, it's yeah, it's scary probably. I should. I should say without her parents or uh, uh, other adults of the same mindset because they had their groups and they right. have outings and socialization parties and whatnot. But, man, she was really ignorant. Yeah. Really, really ignorant. And it wasn't her fault. She didn't want to be. She was really inquisitive and friendly. But, like, she asked a zillion questions about things all of us took for fucking granted. Well, yeah. I mean, you and I have a, a, a acquaintance, acquaintance in common uh, who was homeschooled and yes same thing Uh, we worked together and his first experience out of uh, the bubble was working with me the poor fella (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah well you know i i i think it's getting thrown in the deep end for sure but i he's doing just fine (laughs) well what i love is uh uh my mormon parents thinking you were a bad influence (laughs) When you were always the voice of reason, your brother was was the bad influence on me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, me too, man. Me too. Me too. Big uh, time. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Enough, uh, enough bashing the book burners. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about some snake oil. Oh, snake oil on sale for me. Nothing but snake. Okay, all right. Uh, this this scam that I found today, it's uh it's it's a fun one. It follows a classic, classic scam technique uh for for, for snake oil artists. So uh this is definitely something you should be looking for if you fear that you might be getting scammed. A, a Florida woman. Always a good start. Always, always going, going great when we start out with, with Florida woman or Florida man. She put her house on the market and then found it, uh, went to visit it and found her driveway missing. Ooh, I hate when that happens. Don't you hate it when that happens? I misplaced my driveway somewhere. I misplaced my whole driveway. She had, they did it while she was at work. Uh, and, and she, you know, obviously left very, very, baffled it made the news uh somebody recognized what what went down and and called to explain a guy named jeff general contractor that's all the only identification stuff he wanted to give said that this kind this is this is a scam pervasive in the contracting in industry the scam did not target this woman the scam targeted the contractors that removed the driveway Hmm. Now, those contractors are not coming forward. No one knows which company removed her driveway. Why is that confidential information, I wonder? <laughs> they they sunk <laughs> away. Well, uh, yeah, right? Well, and nobody knows, because the, the pe- except for the people who did it, and they're not telling because mm. they are also the victims. Okay. So what happens is, is the scammer finds a house that, uh, that's gonna, it's up for sale that looks like it's empty, and then they pretend to be the homeowner. And they reach out to all a bunch of di- all the contractors they can to get quotes for, will you do this work? In this case, it was, will you remove the driveway and put in a new one? Any contractors that try to, to dig deep and verify home ownership, they just stop talking to those ones. Mm. And they cast a big enough net that eventually there's a contractor that's moving forward without verifying. That. Someone bites. Yeah, someone bites on it because they need the work. Because they need the work, and then they go, "All right, I'll do, I'll do the job for twenty grand," and then they get a check, and it's for twenty-two grand. So then the scammer says to the contractor, "Oh shit, I accidentally, I got that mixed up with another check, and I wrote it for too much. Can you send me the excess, and we'll just call it even?" <laughs> wow. And that's when the contractor got, finishes the scam, sends them the the the, the, the two thousand, 
and then they disappear. And then the contractor is left with the work done and, and less money. Wow. So they're not coming forward because they're embarrassed. Right. Also, they don't want to, they've already, they just lost money and now they don't also want to be held liable for repairing this woman's driveway. So that's why they're not coming forward. Ouch. Yes. Yes. I can understand that. Yeah. They'll be forced to rectify their fuck up oh, on top of the, the embarrassment of having gotten scammed. Now, fortunately for this woman, um, she started a GoFundMe, but didn't, didn't matter a, uh, a radio station. Uh, sorry, a Cox Media Group radio sponsor reached out and is installing a new driveway for her for free. Oh, so nice. she's going to donate all the money in her GoFundMe uh, to to local nonprofits. Outstanding. So yeah, something good came from this. It, it, absolutely something. But uh, it, this this tactic is so fucking common. The overpay tactic. Uh, uh, if you ever try to sell things on Facebook Marketplace, you are going to see this scam. You will absolutely see the scam. Uh, I've I've had it attempted on, on on me several times through Facebook Marketplace, where I'm like, I'm going to sell this thing, and people pop up and they're like, Hey, uh, I'll I'll buy it right away, and and let me let me PayPal you the money or let me send you a check, kind of thing. You that's that's the step that's step one, and you're you're either going to get a check for the right amount, but it's it's fraudulent. Or, or you're you're gonna get the overage, and then oh hey, can you send me that that money back? And then the money, of course, the money you sent send isn't scammy and, and actually leaves your bank account. Right, so a little money laundering as well there. Right through through unsuspecting victims. It's it's tough to be vigilant, but the number one thing you can do is verify, verify, verify. Right. First of all, don't if they send the check for too much, don't accept the check. Don't give them the thing. That's pretty simple. You're like, how hard is it to fucking get that right? Second of all, who's doing checks anymore? Yeah. Okay, Grandma. Yeah, I actually had, a, I guess, maybe a version of that scam pulled on me. This was quite a while ago, over 20 years ago now, where I um, got, I was sent an, um, an extra laptop by mistake. I ordered one, they sent me two, I tried to send it back, never worked out. So I ended up with this extra laptop after hold, sitting on it for months trying to send it back to the company. So finally it's I'm like, okay, it's mine, I'm going to sell it. Go on eBay, sell it to a guy, um, he ends up having me ship it because he pays me immediately, I get the money in my PayPal account, like a full grand, I've got, got that sweet, transfer it right into my, my checking account. Two days later, after I've shipped the thing out, um, PayPal comes to me and um, they say, well, it looks like um, it was a fraudulent uh, purchase. Someone had hacked someone else's PayPal account or eBay account and did this. And they investigated it and realized, and said that, well, basically, uh, we're taking the money out of your checking account and paying them back. So I was out all of it. God damn. <laughs> and... But years later, I did get a little bit back. Uh, there was a class action lawsuit against PayPal because um, taking, um, doing an electronic funds transfer out of someone's uh, checking account without their authorization is illegal. Yes, it is. So um, I, I did get six hundred of that thousand dollars back, but still, um, lesson learned. I figure once I got the money, it's it's fair to ship, right? That's what you do. That's what you do. Right. And you're going to get dinged on any rating, on any celebrating anywhere if you don't if you don't do it fast. Yeah. Oh, and after getting ripped off from this, um, since it was deemed a, a scam by PayPal, PayPal closed my PayPal account. And I was I was the scammer in their eye. They canceled my PayPal account. <laughs> I, I still have one. And I if anyone out there has one, be very, 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 very careful. I've, I've had to fight them before and lost. Where they've they've been like no 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 you can't you you got to cancel this subscription through us as well as the other person right like I've had I've had them like even after I canceled subscriptions had me them renew shit yeah it's like no it's it's awful I I I really don't don't use it anymore because of that like I'll transfer money with Zelle um or through through my credit union right but. But buying stuff with PayPal, like it's things like your experience. When you're the one that gets fucked over, they are not there for you. No, not one bit. They're there for whoever has the big money transactions. Yep. Yeah. Sadly. Sadly. 
Anyway. Yeah. Watch out for that fucking snake oil. Oh, and you know what else I wanted to mention in the snake oil segment? We 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 kind of took uh, uh, last week off for, for the holidays. But the one thing that I really, really wish I had been talking about last week, uh, I don't know if you caught it, uh, over on Joe Rogan's podcast, they were knocking Biden for some stuff Biden said. And one of the one of the backstage people, I don't know if it's a producer or what, pointed out that what they were saying and like the, the Biden quote that they were using to say disqualified him from the presidency and saying these insane things meant he lost his mind and he's too old to govern was pointed out that, yeah, Biden said that because he was quoting Donald Trump. <laughs> Oops. Those were things Donald Trump said. And Biden was like, this guy's crazy for saying these things. The exact same things Rogan was just saying. <laughs> as soon as he heard that Biden said, if Trump said it instead of Biden, he changed his tune from this disqualifies you to, yeah, people fuck up sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's a conservative way these days. It's that kind of disingenuous humanity that is tearing us apart. Absolutely. It's Either you have values or you don't. And Joe Rogan has just displayed himself as not having values. He has loyalty. Exactly. And loyalty is not a value. It is a, she's not a value to base your judgments on. No. Loyalty has a place in our society for sure. Yeah, but it, 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 it is not a political value. It's, it's a, it's a form of nepotism. And, and I'm tired of, and, and of course he's going to get a pass. And of course people who are fans of his and fans of Trump, they're not going to, they, I don't even think they'll, they'll introspect for two seconds on, on being so two faced. No, not a bit. It's, it, it boggles, boggles my mind. Please have values that disagree with mine, but actually have those values. Have some integrity too. I mean, um, I, I just heard a really interesting um, way to define integrity, and, and it's a way that, that, that really kind of illuminates how um, a, lot of, a lot of folks, especially on the right right now, have a lack of that, is uh, this definition of integrity was what you think, what you say, and what you do are all the same thing. And with a lot yeah. of folks out there, what they're thinking is not what they're saying. What they're saying is not what they're doing. It, it, it's, it's, it's just gross. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, there's a website called whoismakingnews.com. Hmm. And this lady has, all in the same vein, this lady has compiled through news uh, uh, reports sexual uh, assault on, on sex crimes involving children, right? She's compiled very Darwin style, just compiled all the data. News articles talking about sex crimes involving kids, and then compiled the data into a number of crimes and who did it. Is it a family member or a family friend, mm -hmm. other, maybe teacher, religious person, a police officer, politician, doctor, uh, transgender, drag queen? And then she even made a, a heat map. And wouldn't you know that in the news, of articles that had a political affiliation for the perpetrator of a sex crime, 76% of the time they were Republican. My shocked face is, oh. Yeah, yeah. It's like fucking hell. Like what you're saying, like the integrity, what they're thinking, what they're saying, what they're doing aren't lined up. And, and I can honestly point to the point in my life where I had that shift. And it was after a car accident when I was recovering from a brain injury and I had a very real crisis of identity mm -hmm. because I felt like my memories were disconnected from my emotions. It was a very, very weird experience. But I came to the realization that what I thought said and did did not line up. Right. Scary. I became, it is scary. And, and life's short. When you come from an injury, when you realize that you could just die tomorrow, I was a passenger in a car. I was helpless. I wasn't driving either vehicle. Just, just riding to go see a movie with some friends. Life's fucking fragile. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and I, I became very important to me to, to turn my life into a trajectory where those things do line up. Uh, uh, and, and I wish 
that was something that we, as a society and culture, were big on educating right from from kindergarten, right? Mm-hmm. The social contract and integrity. Like, oh, it's it's just so wild. Uh, and and I and I think that uh, who is making news dot com plays into it. Like the people that are talking about kids and sex crimes the most, yeah, probably the people thinking about it the most. Every accusation is a confession. Seems to be the the phrase of the the decade. You'll never convince me that Lindsey Graham has never sucked a cock. It will not happen. <laughs> it will not happen. That. <laughs> Uh, the, the reason that guy fell in the line is he likes strong men. I'm just saying. I would feel so bad for that guy if he wasn't such an awful tool. I mean, it, it's a sad story, I'm sure. <laughs> whatever yeah. whatever um, the, they have on him to keep him in line as bootlicker in, in chief. Uh, you know, <laughs> right. it's got to be a doozy. Yeah, right, right. Let's do some, let's do some fact checking time, Ron. Ooh, let's do that. All right. Okay. So the rules of the game is one is a real story that has been fact checked. Uh, or one, one is a uh, real story. So it's either a fake fact, something that's been truly fact checked, or one that's either a real story or something I made up. Okay. So what was, yeah, that's, that's the game. Uh, uh, I'm saying that because I, I realized I've found three true news stories that have, <laughs> and uh, three fact-checked false stories. This is what I did. Yeah. Okay. So, number one. Okay. New study says most people agree. Artificial intelligence is here to take our jobs, not provide jobs. Or... Actor Will Smith is starring in a new Popeye the Sailor Man film scheduled for a 2024 release. Ooh, both sound awful. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am going to say that the the AI fact check is legit. Keep my spinach out your damn mouth. Correct. Uh, A new study does say that most people believe AI is going to take more jobs. I think 67% of people studied, anyway, the, the majority of people asked were like, yeah, 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 the, the AI means less jobs for us. Uh, and Will Smith, though people did say, share a story about him starring as Popeye, it was considered satire. Uh, it's just people on Facebook don't know how to identify satire. Thank God that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Next one. The New York Police Department used a water cannon on Israel supporters at JFK. Or, a California program is going to give free health care to illegal immigrants starting in 2024. Uh, let's see. I think that the, uh, the second story there is something that is a real fact check. Oh, you, you think the second story was a real fact check that is found false? Oh, right. Good. <laughs> yeah, it actually is very real. California has expanded their Medicaid program, and they are allowing undocumented immigrants to uh, have access to it starting 2024. I used the term illegal immigrant to make you think it was a fact-checked statement. There you go. It's clever. Clever. Somebody actually shared footage of the Israeli police uh, using a uh, water cannon on pro- people protesting the judicial changes in Israel. Ah, okay. Somebody took that that video and said, like, oh, the NYPD is, is water canning pro-Israeli uh, protesters. No, that's not the case. And it was the Israeli police doing the water canning. <laughs> ironic. It makes it truly ironic. <laughs> <laughs> Either uh, did Marines arrest Colorado Supreme Court justice who ruled against Trump? Or did the Michigan GOP issue loyalty rankings to their members? I'm going with the second one, sir. Yes. <laughs> the Michigan GOP, somebody leaked. They have a spreadsheet where they rank you your loyalty uh, from True Blue to Rhino. 
Yeah, it's right up their uh, their alley for ridiculousness. Sounded too true. You know, something that's been true of fascism and the people in power. Uh, when you when you actually manage to get rid of the scapegoat, you just find the next scapegoat. Absolutely, keep moving, moving that target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like the Nazis get rid of all the Jews in Europe. Well, now we we gotta we gotta move on to the gypsies. We gotta move yeah. on to the homosexuals. Can't have that. It's you're never done because that's that's a a key of totalitarianism and, and the otherism. It's a key feature. So you can't you can't function without it. There's no peaceful fascism. Okay. There's no there's no okay. It's just us now. We're good. Let's let's. This is our utopia. We're here. Like no, that's. Sorry, fucking hell. All right, I know it would have been really outrageous if the Marines arrested a Supreme Court justice. It probably would have been all over the fucking... If the Marines were going to arrest a Supreme Court justice, maybe Clarence Thomas, I could allow. <laughs> oh, the, wait, the the guy that, if he was any other politician, would have already been in jail yes. for violating <laughs> finance laws? Yeah, that, that, one, that one. You know what? If I give a judge a house... People are definitely going to raise their eyebrows. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just think? saying. <laughs> could you could you imagine, like, somebody on trial for tax evasion, and then they're like, oh, yeah, of course I gave the judge a house. <laughs> what? Oh, wait, you don't think that's going to influence how the judge thinks, do you? <laughs> no. Nah. Nah. Uh, anyway. All right, all right. Let's uh, let's cleanse the palate of all this. Let's uh, let's get let's get something some some feel goods going. All right. Uh, Guy in Iceland called the Bike Whisperer finds stolen bikes, and then he reaches out to the thieves and tries to help them transition to not being bike thieves. Saying, "Yeah, it's it's," and and he's been uh, pretty successful. They're they're calling the drop in bike thefts from five hundred seventy five hundred sixty nine to four hundred four over two years is attributed to this guy. I mean, Iceland is small, so one like it's, it's easier for one guy to make a national difference. I, I think it's I think it's amazing that uh, uh, he's able to track down these stolen bikes and and then connect with with the thieves. Uh, he's saying that it's primarily the thefts are driven by addiction. Uh, they're they're trying to pay for drugs, and so he usually it just involves him helping them get get involved in a program to get off drugs. Wow, that's really cool. <laughs> Outstanding dessert. Outstanding. Also, also as a secondary follow-up, feel good. Uh, the number of electric school buses in the United States has more than doubled, from 598 in 2022 to 1285 in June 2023. That's uh, electric school buses. I don't know if you remember the smog of the school buses that drove off Ooh. after dropping you. Yeah, that's, that's that uh, love the smell of lung cancer in the morning. Yeah, yeah. When I was a teenage cigarette smoker, I just had to stand next to a bus for a minute. And my mom <laughs> couldn't smell the cigarettes. Oh God, I'm just helping kids learn to smoke. <laughs> what am I done? All right, all right. Uh, what a great time! What a great time! I gotta, I gotta thank the Dharma Initiative, brought to you by the people at Hanso. Dark money brought to light. Real, real big lost deep dive for all you lost fans out there. Uh, <laughs> give a shout out to science, congeniality, and the social contract, making society better than anarchy for many of the last thousands of years. And uh, thanks for sticking around to the end. I know I've had a good time. Hope you did too. Uh, any, any parting wisdom, Ron? Any, anything you want to bring to our attention before we go? Well, let's let's hope for a, a slightly less fascist twenty twenty four. Oh, yes, please. Yes, please. Oh, if only. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta have a please let's not be fascist song come out this year. <laughs> that's, that's my New Year's resolution. There I'm gonna write go. a please, please America, let's not go fascist. 
All right. Have a wonderful day, folks. If you've had a good time with us, you know what to do. Tell someone that needs it. Like, share, rate, subscribe. And find us over. Uh, we got Discord. We're going to have all the links to all our stuff in the episode description. And uh, uh, thanks for stopping by. We'll be back at it again soon. Uh, until next time, just be well. Have a great time. Bye. Now things are ending. It's time to go. No more to get through. Thanks for listening. That's our show. Ain't affectation. Oh, we're just leaving you half cocked. Half cocked. Have we had a good time talking today But even best times eventually they fade away Ain't adjuration, oh, we're just leaving half car